Welcome to the DN Popcast. I'm Leland Stu. And I'm Moby. How you doing there, Leland? Uh, not too bad. How's it going? Eh, it's going pretty good. I guess there's a little bit of a chill in the air. It is becoming that time of year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little, little bit uh, uh, creepy there. And it's, uh, it makes sense that we're recording now. I mean, usually we drop an episode on the 15th, but uh, you know you were expecting Amazon one day. Um, you know, you decided to <laughs> go leaf hunting another day and it, uh, delayed our recording. Yeah. We had to push it back a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Hey, you know, what was cool. What we got to tell listener is, um, there's a new video game. Uh, we're going to talk about it today that you and I played called Phasmophobia, a ghost hunting game. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? Ship me not. We met ghost Marty in the game. We found him. He was haunting found one of the levels. Him. And I figured, well, okay, if we found him and he's invaded this video game, why do we not seance him in for our Halloween special? So would you like to do that? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I can give it a shot. Sure. All right. Okay. We've seanced him in once before, and it went pretty smoothly, so I'm hoping it'll go fine this time. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, we just we just forgot about him. And we, it took him invading a video game to remind us so that he exists. That's true. I don't even know if we actually ever closed the Ouija board. Because you're supposed to say goodbye on those things, right? Yeah, it was like Jumanji. It just stayed open. Um, anyways, let's... Uh, let's oh, oh do it, Marty. Glasses, sunglasses. Give me the power I beg of you! May he invade. <laughs> and I, I Marty. Hey! <laughs> hey! How you hey doing, guys? Marty? That's good. Uh, is anything uh, different on Earth in the last uh, seven or eight months? Everything's the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not wearing a mask. That's different than us. Oh yeah, we don't do that uh, down in hell. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been fine. It's been the weather's been kind of nice. No fires recently. Um, yeah, definitely no uh, plagues or anything. It's been great. So no fires, no plagues. The weather's obviously warmer. Is there any way, like, is there any real estate that, you know, is up for sale over there? There's uh, quite a bit. Um, it does come with a pitchfork in your ass. So, you know, <laughs> you might enjoy it. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm favorable to it. But yeah, it's been great. It's absolutely great. Uh, but yeah, I don't mind visiting for an hour or two, hanging out. Well, you know what that tall dark and handsome man i met one night on the street playing a fiddle said there's always room in hell we'll make room you sell timeshares <laughs> down there or what <laughs> <laughs> that's where timeshares were invented buddy <laughs> <laughs> all right well boys um let's jump into some uh, good old classic banter there and uh, as i mentioned uh the three of us plus uh, my brother who shh, don't tell him about the pitchfork in the ass he'll be in hell already you know, we all played Phasmophobia together, and uh, honestly, we did it once. We're going to do it again. I had a hell of a time. What did you guys think? Oh, it was really fun. Um, I didn't like playing it in VR, though, because I got motion sick for about 12 hours straight. <laughs> um, it, it, what did it in for me is uh, the game's still in early access, so like the, the VR kind of capabilities are still being ironed out a bit. Uh, when I stepped backwards in the game, I felt like I was going to barf immediately. Oh, oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. But other than that, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it was funny as all hell when you loaded in. I laughed so hard because you, you 
loaded in sitting because I guess you were in a chair and <laughs> your hands were just like awkwardly waving. And <laughs> I could have just watched that all night, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out the controls at all with the VR. So it was like um, trying to do anything at w- was nearly impossible. And I was feeling like I was going to chuff the entire first uh first house we were in so it was nice when we uh all fucked up our sound and had to restart yeah what about you leland you enjoyed uh, being in the truck watching us die so yeah being in the truck is where it's at (laughs) it's it is it's really cool um it does i didn't think it was gonna be that scary i'm like oh well you get a get like four of you together and you get in there i'm like can't be that bad but it's pretty fucking freaky. Even if you don't use the in-game chat functions, which, um, like, if you you know get in your group over Discord or something, like, it's still spooky. And the in-game chat, the way it works, is is pretty cool though. Like the proximity, right? And then or, and you have the walkie-talkies for when you're farther away and stuff. Uh, so that's really cool and definitely adds to how atmospheric it is. Yeah, but I think it all it kind of gets in the way a bit of. Uh, it being a team game, like a co-op, right? And you're supposed right. to be working together and coordinating properly. It does make it harder, I think, to coordinate. But that might just be because I'm uh, newly entered into the PC master race and not quite used to, like, the macros of the, you know, working the keyboard and that stuff. You know, having to switch from the WASD, you know, down to the V and the B and uh, all the uh, extra keys and stuff. So maybe it's just, like, I'm not used to it quite yet maybe because otherwise like i i would i was i would have to stop right if i wanted to talk Mm -hmm. and also you if you're running from a ghost (laughs) you don't get to hear your friends scream unless they're purposely holding the key right like if you forget and you get spooked you don't get to hear your friends get scared if they're not (laughs) holding down the v or the b key which (laughs) which uh, which is part of the fun i think yeah, I almost think like if they made it so you could always hear someone, but then when they were out of range, you couldn't hear them, and then they'd have to press B to use the walkie-talkie. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I like that because like the ghosts can hear you, right? Like you can you talk to the ghosts, and that's part of some of the mechanisms of the game too, is getting the ghosts to talk back to you and like detect them and and shit and make make a paranormal event. It does make sense if you were talking that everything in the vicinity would be able to hear you. Why do you have to press a key to, to, to talk, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if that was a choice made to just like only pick up those, those voice commands that were really intended for the game or what? Yeah. That's a good point. Actually. I do see your perspective on it because like I found, I found it the same, the same issue is like, I'm, I'm relatively new with PC, not nearly as new as you, but still enough where like I'm, I'm better with a uh, uh, controller. So it's like trying to get that uh, finger over to the V and the B and still move and still grab the flashlight was a little bit of a pain in the yeah. ass. Yeah, totally. Totally. Also, like our first time playing, none of us knew what the fuck to do, too. Um, like when we play again on Saturday, like it's going to we're going to be gangbusters because like I know how to, I know how to play the game now, <laughs> like basically. <laughs> I know how to throw the crucifix and to use the beeper thingy that lights up because you just hold it. And I, I'm set. <laughs> I'm set. 
Listener, what was funny, though, I just, I mean, this isn't a segment, so we can't spend forever on the phasmophobia segment, but um, in our very first game, uh, the first person to die was my brother. He actually died right by the front door. I guess he had gone down there alone, and uh, he didn't really scream. He was more like, I'm I'm dying, I'm dying, and which is what happened, so I guess he was factual. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, oh, no, brother, brother, where art thou? And I went down the stairs and died, literally falling on top of my brother's body. I have screenshot. <laughs> but then Leland comes down the stairs. But what I didn't know is you go into like the spirit realm where everything is like blue and misty and silent and you can't hear the other players, but you can like see them and walk around and like I guess I would say haunt them, but there's no real way to interact. You just kind of follow them around. And I basically followed around scared Leland, who's like, what the hell's happening as he, you know, takes random steps here and there. Mm-hmm. When you died, Moby, did you end up in like a weird like hellscape for like a split second? Because I did. That happened to me. Yeah. And I just saw that I saw the monster and then all of a sudden I was in spirit world. Yeah, I've had that happen. I actually don't recall that. In my memory, it was straight to the spirit world. That's possible, but... I wonder if it depends on the type of ghost, because I guess we didn't really explain for those that aren't familiar, is you're... I guess you're paranormal detectives. You're just trying to... You go to a place that is known to be haunted, and you have to figure out what type of ghost it is. So you're not trying to catch the ghost or kill the ghost. You're just trying to figure out what it is and get the fuck out before you die. So I got killed by, I think it was a, a Revenant, maybe, in, in some one game I was playing. And I, I saw this disgusting, creepy hellscape. There's an instance, too, where I took a picture of a ghost right before it killed me. But I was the only one that saw it. I was, in, I was, in, I was trying to hide from it in the bathroom, and it was, I hid in the bathroom where it was with me. And, but I had the camera, though, and it was, I saw it like crawling on all fours in the corner. I'm like, oh, fuck, I took a picture, and it came right at me. But then the people I was playing with, Bill and Elena from the Encroachable Party, they couldn't see the ghost in the picture I took. But I could see it. It was right there. It was in my picture. Wow. But they couldn't see it for some reason. I don't know what that is or, or what what's up with that, but it's creepy. That is strange. I wonder if that's that type of ghost in particular. Oh, maybe. That's a... Because that was definitely one we... I don't think we figured out what it was. <laughs> but uh, the interesting thing about this game, too, is it's developed by one person. Oh, oh yeah? really? Yeah, so it's like, there's going to be a lot of flaws in this early access. It's one guy running the show right now. It runs pretty well, man. I mean, we had a bit of trouble with the in-game chat trying to get it working properly for all four of us when we hopped in. Uh, and actually, we was having the same problem with Bill and Elena, too. Like, one of the three of us, their chat wasn't working. Uh, but other than that, I mean, like, as far as, like, hiccups in the game, like, moving around, like, it's not a fast-paced game, right? Like, you, there's a sprint button, but you don't sprint. <laughs> like, you just walk around. Oh, yeah. You just go barely, slightly faster. I mean, I basically don't even think it's noticeable when I hold the sprint button. I'd I rather don't. just hold I V agree. and scream. It's more fun. Yeah. Exactly. You kind of move around at, like, a Scooby-Doo pace. Like, it kind of looks like you're, like, Doing those like slow like stalking parts yeah. of Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Roro Raggy. It's fun though. I'm definitely looking forward to playing again with you guys uh, on Saturday for sure. Yeah. 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 It it's be great. cheap on Steam too. It was like fi- it's like fifteen bucks Canadian. 
totally worth it if you got some friends to play with. I would say even two two people. Like if you put a three person team, you're you're rocking and rolling. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was our last week. But uh, you guys have any other banter? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've just been playing a lot of new stuff since uh, a lot of free time in hell. Um, <laughs> you know, that's all all we have time for. You know, I played uh, 400 hours of Elder Scrolls. That was uh, oh its own form of God. hell. <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh, you know what i i did start playing the early access for boulders gate 3 oh yeah uh, I, I got through that it's still very much early access there's lots of flaws with it um but it's really neat like um in terms of those types of rpgs it's uh definitely one of the uh best looking i've played and it's uh, it's kind of reminding me of uh, Dragon Age in a way, like the character interaction and stuff. It's got a lot of a bio, bioware, old school Bioware feel to it. But um, if you've played Divinity 2 or Divinity 1 by Larian Studios, it plays almost identical to those games. Hmm, interesting. Cool. I think I'll probably pick it up when it's fully out. Yeah, there's some pretty cool uh, D&D stuff, obviously. I mean, they, they have a, like, I, think, I think there's like 16 races to play from or something like that. Whoa. So it's pretty intense. Um, yeah. So I was playing like uh, a halfling. It was just a, like a badass bitch halfling. And uh, <laughs> I ended up ki- killing off one of my party members forever. Oh, no. Yeah. You can like turn him in and like someone comes and just executes him. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I didn't like him. That's how we roll in hell, Moby. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad you you like me. <laughs> I'll keep on making you like me. I don't know. I don't know what to say, Ghost Marty. Moby? Banter? Banter myself. Well, I mean there's actually a lot happening in pop culture right now. There's some some political like bullshit with Chris Pratt I don't really want to touch on, but just just look up worst Chris in Hollywood if you want to hear something pretty stupid to do with cancel culture. But he is the worst Chris in Hollywood. <laughs> like yeah, like legitimately he is. He, I would drop him in a heartbeat in the group of four. From Hemsworth, Evans, Pine, and Pratt. I like all three of them much better than Chris Pratt. I would probably put Pine last of those four. Oh, no, for like man. Yeah, I'd no. put Pine last for sure. No way. It no, goes no, no. Uh, Evans, Hemsworth, um, the the racist one, and then... Uh... <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, um, you know what's uh, really cool, Leland, is uh, Dexter is getting uh, brought back by the original showrunner. Oh. Have you heard of that? No. Yeah, they decided That's that uh, really the last cool. season was so terrible that they're going to uh, try to like rebound from it. Like retcon or continuation? Continuation. Really? Yep. That's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I don't. But I mean, like, where would you start retconning it from? Like, literally season five. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah, it goes it goes downhill quick after Rita dies. Spoilers. Well, yeah, but it's pick it up right after Rita dies. I'd be down with that. I would probably watch that. If they had, like, one wicked final season right after that where, like, they condensed all the crap out of the last four seasons and just had the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know where you go from that because it's 
just it would just be a brand new show, basically. That's true. And then it would potentially be successful and they'd want to continue it. And then you'd just be like making like Dexter 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess they're just doing like a limited series. So it'll just be like eight episodes, maybe wrap it up nicely with a little bow on top for Michael C. Hall to leave happy. Huh. That's interesting. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. <laughs> I think it's dumb. I think they're, I mean, come on. Let's get some fucking original ideas once, you know? I mean, I know no ideas are original anymore, but fuck, they can think of something better to do with their time and money than that. I mean, I agree, but at the same time, there's lots of original shows out there, and a lot of them suck lately. It's like, you know, I I feel like there's a lot of uh, weakness in uh, the original TV market right now. Maybe it's just the oversaturation. There's so much, it's hard to find the hidden gems, but... I don't know. I haven't really been wowed by a TV show in a while. Well, I mean, we've bitched about Netflix originals before tons of times. I mean, they started out great and then, yeah, they got, they pumped out so many of them and continue to do so. They fucking will greenlight anything. Netflix will greenlight any of your project. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And then cancel it after two seasons. Yeah. Just turnover rate. That's all that they want. Yeah, with streaming is its whole other thing. I'm the Mandalorian season two comes out at the end of this month. I think it's actually comes out this Friday and I'm basically, I mean, I've canceled my Disney plus. I'm going to get it, watch it, cancel Disney plus again. Cause that's how it goes. Yeah. But I assume they're going to do a weekly release. They are. They are. That's how they trap you. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to wait till I'll wait till it's all released and get a month of it and then watch all of it. <laughs> You know what, though? Non-listener Joe found some app where him and I can sync it together, or Disney Plus, and he wants to watch it with me, and, you know, he doesn't have many friends, so I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Well, isn't that lovely? (laughs) So, yeah, that's... That's That's what happens when you're a non-listener. You don't have any fucking friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have have much uh, myself. I mean, I've just basically been playing... Star Citizen. Uh, the latest version is garbage. Uh, I missed 3.10. 3.11 sucks. Uh, nothing works, despite it being apparently the most stable version since 3.8, apparently people say. But I guess it's easy to have a stable game when none of its features function properly. So other than that, I'm just waiting for them to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Although as of recording... Uh, 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 there's a latest patch that I have yet to download and, and try, so we'll see. Maybe later tonight. All right. Well, I guess we can jump into our first segment. You know, that seance took us long enough, so welcome to Movie Musings. Uh, this one is, you know, one that I think's been in our Imaginarium for a little while. I think I found it collecting dust back there. It's called iHeart 2D. I basically wanted to talk about 2D movies because we were kind of the last generation to grow up with them. And you guys are a few years younger than me. I mean, hell, you probably had them only when you were very young and then you had that switch over to the whole Pixar stuff, right? For the most part? Um, I mean, I guess if you say like mainstream stuff, but I have always been a fan of uh, like DC animated stuff. Right. right. Yeah, that's true. They continue continue to produce that stuff. I mean, yeah, it's getting more and more stylized, and I think it. I mean, I I guess it technically falls under what we're really talking about. But I kind of almost put, especially the newer stuff, outside of the realm of what we're talking about, 
just because like they don't hit nostalgia levels like i think what your intention for this segment is right right yeah mind you i mean there's a few ways i want to go here there's a, a I mean, okay, fine. I'll just say it. This isn't actually anything on my list, but I mean, if you want to talk nostalgia, they're they're bringing Animaniacs back. So I just kind of want to randomly drop that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, hell yeah. Marty, were you ever in Animaniacs? Uh, you know, I wasn't big into Animaniacs. I did watch it a little bit, but I was just big in like the '90s cartoons. Um, a lot of the uh, the Marvel stuff was really good uh, for the time, especially as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like the sure. X-Men Spider-Man was great. Animaniacs, though, I mean, I it doesn't have that uh, warm, doesn't give me the warm, tingly feeling it seems to give you guys. <laughs> Hello, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so I confession, I mean, I really didn't watch it much as a uh, as a kid. But, um, you know, as an adult, it was actually Leland that got me into it. I, I just laughed my ass off. I finally got it. I think the show really was targeted for the parents or adults with the humor, and I thought the humor was fantastic. Yeah, I hope they can stick to that, you know, with the 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 new new show of it coming out. I hope they can maintain the feel of, of the original stuff. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but anyways, to, to dive into the actual points that we have here and i know leland uh listener leland actually mentioned uh because he was canceling so much for his amazon and whatnot that um he he actually prepped more for this than apparently anything else so let's see how that prep goes <laughs> so let's let's discuss our favorite cartoon 2d films growing up and I wonder if you guys did stick to films or if you went with, uh, like, animated series as well. I did stick to films. But uh, maybe let's start with Marty. Uh, 2D animated films, what were some of your favorites? Uh, I mean, the one that jumps out to me is uh, The Lion King, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, on my probably list. probably the one I watched when I was a kid, like, a thousand times. You know, I really related to Scar. Uh, still do. <laughs> the, the hero of the story. <laughs> yeah. You know, he sacrifices himself at the end for the greater good. It's it's a really touching film. <laughs> so, like, that's one. Leland, what's one of your favorites? Uh, well, one that I know is on your list, the Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. I was in, like, I think there was, like, its own little era, you know, where a bunch of movies like that like that were coming out. Because another one on my list, uh, Rock-A-Doodle. I don't know if either of you are familiar with that one. I don't know. Um, I don't think it was very popular at all, but I just have this one vivid memory from it that gave me nightmares as a child. And it's probably why it stuck with me so much. But there's like, you know, it's like anthropomorph- anthropomorphized animals, right? Like a, a rooster like who sings and all this shit. And they're like stuck in this suitcase with holes in it that gets thrown in a body of water and the suitcase is filling with water and these animals are about to drown inside of it. And I don't even know how, I can't even remember how they get out of it, but that's, I vividly can remember that scene because it was in my nightmares as a child. Well, yeah, Leland, because I know your penchant for brownies in KFC. You're like, what a waste of chicken. (laughs) (laughs) It should be in my belly in a fryer. (sighs) Um, yeah, I want to jump into Brave Little Toaster a bit, though, because um, I love that movie, and it was really dark. It had some really dark themes, but themes that like I felt were constructive for kids. 
you know, I think I what comes to mind is the whole. Well, the songs were good. It was the themes of the songs. There's one about one song called Worthless, which is all these cars getting smashed and like dying in a junkyard. And they were talking about their lives and like, were they worthless or not? Or they only had value at certain points. And um, and I don't think you could get away with those themes nowadays with kids. Um, I just think people are too sensitive to even want to discuss stuff like that, to discuss being vulnerable or feeling inadequate. Um, which really is kind of one of the overarching themes of the whole, you know, movie is that brave little toaster feels abandoned. He needs to find his master with the other appliances. And, uh, you know, will his master take him back or, you know, stick with all the new appliances that they have um, at his girlfriend's place. And so, yeah, anyways, I, I just thought it was really good, really creative movie. Did you see any of the sequels? No. And usually sequels back then sucked for animation. Yeah, so. I, I think I saw the Brave Little Toaster to the rescue, but the Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. I have no fucking idea what that movie is. Wait, is that real? Both of those are real, yes. <laughs> well, Fast and the Furious 9 is going to space somehow. For really? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Ooh. Hey, you know, like... <laughs> This natural evolution is like you got the toaster's origin story, and then you have the the toaster returns, and then you have the crazy fucking finale to the trilogy where he goes to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> where else is he gonna go? I mean, he's a toaster. It's his natural evolution. He's to <laughs> the go to world's Mars. his oyster. Well, I mean, those those two sequels they came out. It looks like they came out nearly a decade after the original. Which is weird because it's like, what are yeah. they capitalizing on if the kids right? that like the original have grown up? That's so weird. Yeah, they're banking on the 21-year-olds who are still sitting in mom's basement just waiting for a sequel to Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> it's It was still uh, produced by Hyperion Animation, did all three of them. So oh. I wonder if it's just a case of them like sitting on this IP and then like, hey, let's, revan- let's revitalize something. Let's get an injection of cash into our production company. Right. Well, another one that I really enjoyed... Um, more when I was a little older, I think, is, is again, it's like DC anime, like Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Um, that was one of my favorite superhero anythings. And it's it's like, uh, it's a critically acclaimed animated film, uh, DC film about Batman. So of course, the uh, eponymous Kevin Conroy and always enjoyable Mark Hamill reprising their roles of Batman and the Joker, respectively. And, um... It was it was scary, like the 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 phantasm is scary, uh, and it had like a lot of great scenes with Bruce as well as Batman too, and I I think it just did a really good job of showcasing the character of Batman in my opinion. Although I'm seeing here, it was released, it was pushed to f- screens too quick and was a bomb at the box office. Hmm. And found its financial success after being uh, released to video. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I Mask of Phantasm. I could watch that like any time of the day too. But that whole era of that of the DC animated stuff. I mean, Batman the anime series, Superman the anime series, all that like Static Shock, like uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Like that whole like decade of production was just awesome. It was just like prime DC <laughs> animation. It was great. It really was. I really am a big fan of Justice League. Like, the whole run is just so solid. Yeah, it's so cool. I watched that, like, 
again as an adult, not as a kid. Uh, but I still like <laughs> ripped through it. I'd watch like seven episodes a night. Yeah, and I like also just being a cartoon. Like it was on everywhere. Like any channel that showed cartoons would be showing reruns of Justice League in particular. But I think honestly, Superman the animated series is the reason I'm such a fan of Superman. That series does that character a lot, a lot of justice. And uh, I believe Tim Daly is uh, who voiced Supes and Clark Kent um, does a great job as it. Like, they just nail the voice actors for these animated series, too. Like, I don't know. It's just so many nostalgic feels. It's all good stuff. Um. Yeah, so we've we've hit on a few here. Uh, Marty, do you have another or? Yeah, mostly like TV shows, honestly. Like when I th- when I think of uh, 2D animation, like I mean, the other one that jumps out for me that I watched a ton when I was a kid was Dragon Ball Z. Dragon, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Like I mean, I'm I'm jacked because of Goku. Like this is, you know, <laughs> well Vegeta probably, you know, a little short, angry man. It's kind of kind of fits my ethos a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man, Dragon Ball, though, I can't believe you stuck with it. As a kid, it was boring as hell because you'd get five episodes in a row of Goku running along a road where maybe he stopped to talk to one person. He's like, all right, credits roll. Well, that's why they brought it back with the, the Dragon Ball Z Kai where they cut down like 100 episodes to make it palatable for nowadays children where they'd have the attention span of a fucking ant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know how good they got it. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never got into Dragon Ball, and like I wanted to, but I guess I didn't really at the time have the means. And then when I had the means, I didn't have the drive <laughs> or time. I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you should have because it, everyone who did as a kid has higher testosterone. It's been studied. <laughs> you, you basically fucked yourself for life. Oh damn it! Uh, those low T scores. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Meanwhile, while you're watching those little fucking cartoon rats or whatever the Animaniacs are, I was watching <laughs> some buff dudes shoot fireballs at each other. <laughs> That's actually a good question. I don't know what they are. <laughs> what are the Animaniacs? You know what? Nobody has more testosterone than Chicken Boo. So you shut up, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a man. He's a Chicken Boo. Chicken Boo. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I get two more that I'll just rattle off quickly. I actually Transformers, Transformers the movie, um yeah. the show, but the movie was a big part of my childhood. Um even though it killed off most of the Transformers, so they could make new toys. I didn't know as a kid, I just thought it was like a heroic sacrifice. Why are they all dying in 30 seconds? And why and why why is the new, you know, Transformers saying buy me? <laughs> why do they have price tags on them <laughs> um the the only other one i got uh is actually one that was big in my family not super well known it didn't really have a lot of sticking power but the emperor's new groove uh my family just loved that movie so funny legit funny yeah i don't think i've ever seen that one actually that's like a big gap for me yeah well it's got david spade is actually good as the emperor but um, you also get Patrick Warburton, who steals the show. As His uh, name is Kronk. He's like this big, dumb assistant. But like everything he does is hilarious. He's Patrick Warburton. Come on. He's got that voice. Yeah. Yeah, how do you not like him? 
Next point I've got is, did any cartoons, like, legit scare the crap out of you? I guess, Leland, you kind of mentioned one already. Yeah. My, I really only, I mean, I had a point that said Brave Little Toaster scared, you know, me a bit because it just had some disturbing stuff. It, But Brave Little Toaster also has a really bad dream about a clown. And if you know my brother, that scared the absolute shit out of him. I still post screenshots of that clown to bug him sometime. Um, but I'm making the point, like, what was with kids movies and like a horrific death of a parent in them? I mean, you've got like Bambi, you've got Lamb Before Time. I'm pretty sure something similar happens at like in Fern Gully at some point, though I'm not sure. It's like, you know, the classic, the little baby animals like, Daddy, Daddy, why are you sleeping? Daddy, open your sleepy eyes. <laughs> like, why are you putting this in the film? Yeah, why does there have to be such fucking tragedy? Like, I don't know. Our heroes can't thrive without that major adversity. Is that what they're trying to say? Like, unless you have a huge a tragedy in your life, you're not gonna be a hero. Yeah, that's why I'm a hero. <laughs> wow, it's all making sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Land Before Time movies, though, and there was like a fuck ton of those movies. I remember getting. I remember having like movie theater merch from the original. Wow, that was good stuff. Man, I haven't seen those in ages. Well, it's not a surprise. I mean, I well, do. Yeah. Get up on a Saturday and you're like, I want to watch Land Before Land Time. Land Before Time. I get it. <laughs> but I mean, Ducky. <laughs> Are these the the movies that like? God forbid either of you have children that you're going to be showing your children these movies as opposed to any like new shit. Like, would you choose some of these classics over like anything, anything Pixar these days? I choose some. Yeah. Yeah, there's some. I mean, some Pixar is pretty good and it's also tolerable for adults, which is nice. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think some of them have good morals as well and some good lessons. But others are just kind of like fluff, kind of whatever. But kids like that shit, so whatever keeps them shut up, I guess. Father of the Year 2026, Marty. <laughs> 2026, wow. Wow, soon. <laughs> Coming to a theater to near a you. daycare near you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be born with sunglasses. The doctor will be like, how are these here? <laughs> oh god my, my, poor, my poor wife <laughs> how the birth canal not crush these aviators <laughs> <laughs> the, the aviators are huge <laughs> um okay so j- jumping from that do hey yeah that that was a question i had for you guys do you guys ever secretly watch any of these old nostalgic films like even once a year or not really i don't know personally yeah me neither but I'm not the type of person to indulge in that type of nostalgia, really. Like, I know you, Moby, you have a few movies that you watch yearly, right? And it's like this tradition you've developed. Before non-listener Asia took my 20th anniversary special edition DVD of Transformers the movie and never gave it back, um, I used to watch that one yearly. Um, Brave Little Toaster, I probably watch every uh, year, year and a half. You know, Lion King, I used to watch maybe every couple years because that's that's way up there. You know, a Disney movie. Walt, uh, you know, now 
yeah, I don't want to jump to the 3Ds. I almost jumped to a 3D. You know what? It might be just those. It, this was more of a question of like, you know, I occasionally watch these, so do either of you guys? And the answer is essentially, well, no. So, yeah. Really. Well, I mean, I guess if I had Disney Plus, I might, right? I mean, most of most of these are, I mean, I guess for me, a lot of them are Warner Brothers. So that that's also part of my dislike for Disney Plus is there really isn't anything there for me. So, yeah, again, I just like, where do you, I don't have access to them, I guess. Well, you know what's another one I did watch in Disney Plus when I had it was a Goofy movie. That was a favorite oh, as yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. still kind of holds yeah. up. It still kind of holds up. Like it's okay. It's a film of its time, right? Because like little Goof is trying to pretend to be Michael Jackson, basically. Um, God, God <laughs> rest his soul. But uh, and like all the clothes that the weird Disney animals wear, like so nineties. It's like everybody has baggy pants, like the baggiest pants ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, we got like, we have three decades of reminiscing, right? Like we could sit here for another two hours and probably stumble across another 20, 20 different things that we watched, right? Like, yeah, it's a lot to consume. I, I just don't, I just don't feel like, well, maybe that's not true with Pixar, but to me, it doesn't feel like these types of movies that are coming out now uh, that aren't the 2D animation have that you know that that staying power with the an individual an individual and like the, permeating their memories right and and influencing them as much but i guess though trying to put myself from into the perspective of these newer movies like again like all these pixar stuff it's a different perspective so how can i compare that how do you how do you properly compare the two you know watching these movies as, as an adult versus what you watched as as a kid or, or a teenager uh that's that's it's tough to reconcile. You, I don't know, really know how you how you properly compare those two and judge them off of that. Okay, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Well, are we beating a dead horse with this one, and do we want to go to the one where we actually wanted to say on Smarty in that segment? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, lead us in. Yeah, it's time for the video game variety show. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, I haven't done my research like a, like a good boy, but uh, this segment is about uh, the next generation of consoles. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, right around the corner, November. Holy shit, is it ever. Yeah. Xbox. Uh, what I don't even know. What is the new Xbox even called? It's called the there's like the Series X and I think the Series Y. Like there's one with, that's got like the premium version with a disc drive and one that's a lot more stripped down. Right. But the good one is the series X. I know that. Okay. So just like men and women, you got like the one that's a little, a little bit weaker, (laughs) a little bit cheaper and easier. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So you got the expensive female model. Um, yeah. Welcome to the 1960s men cast (laughs) starring Marty. Yeah. I, I personally, you know, I've been looking at the consoles a little bit. Obviously, I'm more of a PlayStation fanboy these days, and I'd probably lean PlayStation 5. Um, But I'm not going to be an early adopter this time. I'm going to be holding out until probably another year or so when they start releasing the... They always release a slightly better model with less bugs about a year in. Mm. And I'm probably going to get that one. I mean that's that's a smart route. I definitely am not one of those 
people that have a PS5 pre-order because I will get a PS5. Um, I mean, I don't. If I were to get it, why would the fuck would I get an Xbox? I don't know. Uh, for Halo. Oh, no, okay. I mean, <laughs> you can actually play I mean, everything on Xbox on Windows. Well, exactly, right? So now I have a PC that can run games. <laughs> Who fucking yeah, cares? So why bother? Yeah, I got the best of both worlds. I, I I also think because of that fact, like, I mean, PS4 won last, uh, right? PS4 kicked Xbox butt last generation, if you ask me. And I think PS5 will take it again. I mean, I just I just don't understand what they're doing with the Xbox. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see the appeal of it. Uh, I think Sony has really turned around since the PS3 era because the PS3 sucked a big fat old dick and the 360 was a great console and had a great library. Now, obviously, Sony has always, I think, in my opinion, won over Microsoft as far as exclusives go. Um, That's just what Sony does, I think, right? They have a lot of uh, first-party development that is great, quite frankly. Xbox Series X, what does it have going for it? Well, um... You know, Microsoft has been buying up a num- number of studios and really well-liked IPs. Like, I think they now have, they just bought Bethesda, right? So, uh, Marty, you're looking as if, like, you didn't know that they bought Bethesda. Uh, no, I did know. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think, like, that was a pretty bold move on their part. I mean, in terms of game studios you could buy that provide a lot of different games... Bethesda's got a pretty big, uh, big library attached to them. I mean, it's not just Elder Scrolls. It's you know, like just last generation. You've got Arcane Studios. You've got um, uh, there's another big one. There's at least like two other big ones that I like, and then um, all the uh, stuff made in in house and in Bethesda itself. So um, another fact too is they might be able to make a new Fallout New Vegas game, which is kind of sweet because they own both the developer Obsidian that made Fallout New Vegas and the um, publisher Bethesda, so they might be able to go and do something there. Right. In terms of actually selling consoles, though, I don't know. I don't know what kind of difference it'll make. Do you think they were like, "Hey, we got a patch for this sinking ship. Let's grab it." in Bethesda like they they clearly capitalized on Bethesda shit in the bed lately and people people are down on Bethesda right like I think this is a smart move for Microsoft despite some of the recent failings of Bethesda like they're they're a uh, they're a profitable company very clearly but they're also a competent company in most of their areas right like I mean I constantly shit on the Fallout games because I think they're garbage and just recycled, recycled, recycled ever since 3. But, I mean, I still play them. I still have bought them and I still play, like, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls is the same fucking thing, like... Uh, but I still yeah. play them. <laughs> so, I, like, I'm part of the problem then, right? Like, I and I still enjoy them. It's not like I hate play them. I still get enjoyment out of them and, then, and they all have some some really good parts about them, right? Like, and like you say, it's not just those two major flagship franchises either. They have a lot going for them. Well, I think they do have quite a bit, uh, and they have a lot of kind of opportunity to grow some of these uh, games as well. And and with um, the Elder Scrolls and with the Fallout's and the really big titles, like they have the option to flat out say no. This is going to be a Microsoft exclusive. You know, they could release the other ones as third-party games and just run them as publishers if they want to. But honestly, in my opinion, I'd say if I was them, 
I'd hold it all first party. Why not? Actually make it a console war again, because unless they do that, Microsoft does not have much going on. They have, realistically, they have Halo. Yeah, right. And Gears of War, maybe. But, I mean, here's the thing, and I'm going to pose this question that I've I've really only just come to and have done zero research on being able to answer, but the way console wars go now, is it actually about selling consoles? Or is it now shifted to the profitability of the games that are being developed? Does it matter? Do exclusives matter as much as they used to? I don't really know. I mean, personally, obviously, a new God of War for PS5 sells the console for me. I could get a PS5 and have just that new God of War coming out, and I'd be perfectly happy. But that's not for everybody. I don't know. Like, how much how much focus do you need on exclusives for them to really be a significant factor in the sales of your console? Yeah, at some point, you just have to wonder is, like, are the, are the people who are going to adopt these consoles going to do it either way? You know, right. are the P- PlayStation fanboys just going to jump on the PS5 and and, you know, people are still going to buy any Nintendo product because, you know, it's kind of stands out and uh, Microsoft has their legion of fans as well. But I I mean, there's got to be something to it because the, the new Xbox didn't sell the way the 360 did, you know, like right. the, the Xbox One. And the 360 had a legit, you know, catalog of games. And it was the, the flagship sort of, in my opinion, the best Xbox. You know, and it it really had um, a lot going for it at the time with Xbox Live that was really taken off. And uh, now that's not so much of a deal. Like you can really get that anywhere with any con, except for Nintendo, who still shits the bed with the online play. But in terms of PlayStation and Xbox, it's kind of the same. You're still spending the same amount of money for a subscription. You're still, you know, having to spend $80 on a game. I mean, they all have subscri- subscription-based game services and all this stuff, yeah. but it, it, I mean, it, you're, I think you're right in a way that they very, they're very similar now. You know, there's very little difference. Right, right. Well, and I think you make a great point about, you know, the, the, the stands are going to go with whatever they're standing for. Like, especially with PS5 and actually being backwards compatible, thank fuck they've decided to do that. Why would I, as a PS4 owner move to xbox what there's zero incentive there for me to do it right absolutely there is there is literally nothing that xbox could do i i suppose though uh, aside from somehow getting exclusive rights for a new god of war title (laughs) to make me buy their console there is literally nothing that they could possibly offer to make me buy or want their console suicide squad game starring jared leto there we go oh sold (laughs) <laughs> give Phil, I'll pay a high price. <laughs> They'd have to uh, buy out Sony Santa Monica Studios, so that might be tough <laughs> to get you God of War too. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where the where they think they need to move their focus because, like, where where I mean, think of where where the focus is for them when they're developing these new new consoles. I mean, it's always the hardware. Obviously, is a huge component of it. But it's not like is, by the time the next generation comes around, it's just the hardware that's available is just better. It's not like any of these. There's nobody somewhere in a lab specifically engineering console parts for the next generation. It's just like 
that's how technology evolves and gets better and you're able to adapt it and it gets smaller and more powerful and you can put it into a smaller package. Maybe not smaller, uh, though. I don't know. Who knows? Some of those consoles are looking fairly large. But they're getting, they're like as powerful as a, as a well-built PC, right? Like, so at some point, there's no need to focus on the hardware because the hardware will focus on itself because it's so utilized in so many other aspects and so many other professions outside of just video game development that it's really to the studios to focus on the games themselves and just deliver good fucking games. And I guess that is kind of counterintuitive to my assumption that the exclusives don't matter because they must matter if the focus is the development of these games, right? And making, if they're the draw and it's not the hardware. I mean, every time a console war comes out, is there's inevitable inevitably the spec comparison, right, of both consoles means nothing to me. None of it means anything to me. I have no idea what any of it fucking is. So I've never, ever paid attention to it. I've never made a purchasing decision based off of it. I don't know. It's just strictly the games. It's it's, it's the games, I guess, is what it boils down to for me. Yeah, yeah. I think you got... Go, um, okay, I will go. <laughs> Instead of getting it back. Because I, I just want to make a quick comment that I think you guys are going in the direction I thought you would, but just a different way around it. Um, which is I thought you guys were both going to say that Xbox and PS5 are so similar as systems that it's hard to pick. But I think you guys are actually going one step further and actually answering why, which is, you know, it's all about the games, your preferred games. You know, in Leland's case, there's a system seller, God of War. Marty, I mean, I guess you had something to say. So say that point first. But what really appeals to you about the PS5 or PlayStations always, or is it just habit? Uh, well, what I was going to say is that uh, in terms of um, specs, I think they become less relevant as time goes on. Um, one of the reasons why is like with the consoles now, they're basically just taking what they can take as like the best possible specs that can be mass produced at the time and then right. releasing it as the console cost effectively right. of course yeah and you know try to get whatever they can get in that 500 dollar range you know get it out the door because you know it didn't work out when they tried playstation 3 when it first came out which was i think 599 like canadian or something ridiculous ridiculous you know and that was too much they knew it was too much even though now you know 10 12 years later it's still too much um uh game prices are going up i've heard so they'll be probably 89 you know, and and that was, you're, so, sorry not to interrupt, but is that yeah. physical and digital? Like, are they going to be the same price? Because I think like first, PS5 first party, yeah. Okay, because like I mean, I will most likely get a PS5 without a hard drive, right? Without or sorry, without a disc tray, right? <laughs> without a hard drive, I'll get my PS5 without a hard drive because they're offering either either model, right? I mean, yeah. And, and I've always been a, a proponent of having the physical copy, but. Honestly, since like COVID, all my games I've been getting and playing are digital, especially moving more into PC gaming, right? So I'm now getting more accustomed to it. And now it's not, not that big of a deal for me to own the physical game. Uh, it's right. way easier just to get the digital thing. <laughs> it really is. And then it's always available if it's installed. Right. You know, it's uh, I'm feeling the same way. It's almost like annoying to change the discs over. You know, yeah. it's it's. I've come to this point now where it's just like, I just want it now. I want it easy. If I want a game, I want it immediately. 
you know, even having to install the bloody thing is too too long. Like, you know, right? it's just it's ridiculous. Like a game comes out like uh, when Cyberpunk comes out in a month and I install it on uh, November 19th and skip school. I'm going to be pissed that I'm sitting there waiting for the thing to install for the whole day. You know, <laughs> uh, to, to answer your question, Moby, with um, why PlayStation, you know, I was. I had an Xbox 360 and a PS3. Um, later, I got the PS3 later. Uh, PS4 I bought mostly for the uh, the exclusives. Um, it was mostly for the games. And uh, I bought it relatively late. Um, I bought it about a year, maybe after... Maybe only six months, actually, after it came out. Um, but not at launch. And that was different. I had been a, a launch person for everything for a while there. Um but PlayStation 5, same reason. Just uh, mostly the games. The you know God of War 2 being a prob- not a launch title, but I think it'll be within a, the first year. And um, I think uh, like the new Dark Souls stuff, like all that stuff's gonna be um, exclusive as well. There was some some other, I think the new Final Fantasy is exclusive actually for PlayStation as well. I've heard. Hmm. Um, so, you know, you're getting some pretty big names, and will I be sad about Bethesda? Yeah, I guess, but I also have a PC, and they're going to be on PC, so I'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Um, Which, like, I guess you guys, I didn't actually look up the numbers, which is my lack of prep, but you guys told me that PlayStation kicked uh, Xbox in the last uh, console wars, and one of the questions I had is, um, like Xbox Series X, like Microsoft is going hard, not only with these, these purchases of these IPs, but I mean, the Xbox is going to be fully backwards compatible to all, all is all. And, you know, that's in addition to their putting like so much on their subscription services, like get cool games and stuff like that. So like, does Xbox have a chance of actually maybe beating PlayStation 5? Or do you think, what do you think? Um, well, shit, I, I guess, how do you define it as being, as beating? I guess it's just making, being more profitable, right? Like, yeah. so if they have more streams of revenue, then probably, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be more successful. If your only measurement of success is strictly financial uh, profitability and gain, then probably it just makes more sense, right? It just, it's just numbers. Right. I mean, I, I have no clue the number if 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 or where you can find the the, you know, rough estimate of uh, PS4 owners versus Xbox one owners right from last generation. Like, I don't, does anybody assemble those numbers? Clearly, each console has an idea of how many units they've sold. But that also doesn't account for people that own both. Because that was an interesting number that I'd like. Because I also had the 360 and a PS3. And I was using... The, I had the PS3 strictly for exclusives. So I've always had Sony for exclusives. And before that, I was PS2. I didn't have an Xbox. And so it's like, as the generations were going, I was flip-flopping until this PS4 era. Now there's no reason for me to flip-flop. And I think part of that... Part of that is, geez, why did I go to the Xbox 360? I don't really know why I went to the 360 over the PS3. I guess it was just very clear that it was superior. And I, I think I got both of those consoles later into that generation as well. So there was a lot more evidence already established which one would be the best buy, which 
obviously these people who are pre-ordering a PS5 and only a PS5, there isn't that evidence. So like they're putting, do they have money to burn? Do they care? Are they just Sony fanboys? Was it always a choice for them to to pre-order? Or they were going to pre-order something and then they just they went with the PS5. Like, who fucking knows? I don't know. I honestly don't pity any of these uh, people that that have to try to measure fucking sales metrics and figure out what is going to appeal and try to. I I would never be able to do that properly. I could never do that. It sounds like a tough job to me, and. Uh, it, it, honestly, it doesn't really interest me because <laughs> all I, again, all I give a shit about are the games, and I find the games that I enjoy most predominantly are on a, a, a Sony console. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, Moby, are you thinking of getting any new console at any point? <sighs> well, I don't know. You guys know, like, I'm a Nintendo fanboy to the extreme. I have not owned a non-Nintendo console since PS2, of which one was given to me, and then I bought one to to replace Big Boy, Leland's Big Boy, God, God rest his soul. I would have to see. Xbox Series X really does intrigue me. It really intrigues me the idea that they have so many good games that I've heard about now. So many of these IPs are going to be on their subscription service. And the fact that it's 100% backwards compatible. So if I heard from someone say, you know, this this Xbox game from the original Xbox is amazing. Moby, you must have it. Well, as long as I have a Series X with a disk drive, I can play it. That's very intriguing, whereas I find that the PS5, it looks cool, you know, being it's, you know, white color instead of black, like the last couple that are kind of, you know, they're, you know, elegant, but the white's a little more bold. Um, But other than that, it just seems like another PlayStation, you know, except it kind of looks like a clam. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you were to ask me what's the most intriguing thing, it's whatever Nintendo does next, which is a cop out answer, but it's also the truth. Have you been getting a lot of mileage out of your Switch these days? I have, and I should be able to get more, because I, I haven't done as much with Xenoblade. I haven't done as much with Mario 3D All-Stars. I played it a bit, but it's it's pretty vanilla, what you actually get out of it. Um, I've asked for Hyrule Warriors for Christmas, because I think it's really cool. They made it into a prequel for Breath of the Wild, so now we get a sequel and a prequel. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. You know, apparently uh, Hyrule Warriors, the action game, has all the story that Breath of the Wild was missing. So it'll be nice to actually know what the story (laughs) of that game was. Yeah, but I mean, I actually, I have a note here. This is a good segue, boys. Um, You know, does Nintendo even play a role in this fight anymore? Or are they so far in left field with their own creative and well-selling Switch? But you know, a Switch being a device that is clearly not meant to compete as a generic console. Like, is Nintendo so far on their own right now that you can't even consider them part of the console wars? Yeah, I would say so, honestly. Like, really, what are they competing with? They're just competing with their own ideas at this point. Uh, The Switch sold like hotcakes. So as long as they keep coming up with intriguing ideas, like, uh, have you seen the new Mario Kart? that they came out with it's like um no uh, it's like an rc car and then you you run it around your house and you set up little tracks with like gates in real life and then you play it on your switch and you control the car on your switch and you actually play your your real house as a track and you can put (laughs) like like stuff in game in your house but you're actually playing with a real, real fucking car yeah 
Whoa. It sounds like the biggest gimmick that it was, you know, 100% worth the $100. Yeah. I must have it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, Nintendo has been... They've removed themselves from the war. They are Switzerland, right? They are very <laughs> neutral. They care about themselves. They're doing their own thing. And they're doing it well. And they're successful at it. Why would they even bother trying to compete with it? anything Sony or Microsoft are, are delving into? Like, what, what do they need to, right? People love their console. They, they love their games. Why? Why? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Do you think yeah. after uh, Bill Gates microchips us, we'll all have to get Microsoft anyways? Like, is that just... Well, yeah, we'll be we'll be hardwired in for sure. You yeah, kinda, yeah. You, you, we'll all be fanboys. Like, that'll just be part of it. Oh, and we'll get an impulse to our brainstem saying, buy Xbox Series XA9326. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to have a commercials flashed right into my frontal lobe. <laughs> you know, I... I will give Microsoft this. I mean, video games were very mature in the, you know, I think it was 2001 when they basically tried to bust down the door and join the industry. And I mean, they had to spend so much fucking capital to to get in. And I'm pretty sure the Xbox didn't sell fantastic the first one through its life cycle, but they stuck it out. They stuck it out and, you know. Now they're there. It'd be weird to see what the video gaming world would be like with no Microsoft. Would like, would like Sony just dominate the powerful hardware console market? Would would Dreamcast still be around? Would Sega have given it another shot to compete? You know, hmm. you never know. Yeah, I almost feel like something would have come in as a competitor. I mean, you have like Google with their Stadia, and you've you've had people try. But uh, it's almost too much. Like, you really can only have the two, and then Nintendo's the outlier. Yeah. Well, anybody is just so far on the back foot now, right? Yeah. Like, uh, if you were to try to start some type of development company and try to garner favor from, you know, financial backers, like, you go to, imagine going to somebody and say, yeah, I want to make a console that competes with PS5 and Xbox Series X. Who the fuck is going to give you money to do that? Uh, right? Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, Facebook could do it. Zuck- Zuckerberg. The, I mean, the, yeah, they the have, they have the money. To, yeah, but I mean, that's different, though. It is really different. Right? Is the VR revolution ever going to happen? Because it feels like it's always about know. to happen. What uh, are, Is there anything as far as information about updated VR tech with these consoles at all? I think, for, like, for me, my experience with VR, it's the software that needs to be better implemented. Right. Because even, like, the I have the original Rift. I don't have the, the new one. And I definitely don't have the Valve Index, which is, you know, leaps and bounds Thousands ahead of, of the Rift. Yeah. But, right. yeah, again, $1,000, it's a computer. It, it's, it's a lot of times, it's just the game. Like, you know, playing Half-Life Alex, no motion sickness, no nothing. It's just they've got it down to a T but you know you play phasmophobia for 14 seconds and you want to fucking just chuff all over your (laughs) your you know 4k monitor so it's like it's it's something they they have to work out I I don't know realistically if it's ever going to take off because I mean is it really for everybody I don't know I don't know that's a good question I I would probably I would posit no but I mean like 
so is console gaming. It's like, although that's like simplifying that statement, obviously, uh, which you could apply to fucking anything. But where's the, if you're going to develop a game specifically for VR and utilize the hardware to its fullest capabilities, how shallow is that market in which you're catering to as well? Oh, it's true. Yeah. So versus versus developing a game and then having it adapted to be able to be played in VR after the fact or as it's being produced, however, however the studio does it or however it needs to be done, whatever the, that process is, it's still going to be, I mean, it's, it's akin to movies that are uh, shown in 3D after they've been filmed, right? It's it's it feels the very that exactly like that to me with some of these things. So developers just their focus isn't on the VR. So how is VR supposed to thrive? Absolutely, because I mean, why would you make something for the smallest market possible? You're right. You're gonna have well, they do this with with every Ubisoft game. They release it for every single platform available, and it's not optimized for all these platforms. It's usually yeah. developed for one and then poorly optimized for others. So you'll get sometimes the PC version that runs like total ass, and you know you'll have a brand new PC and it can barely it chugs along because they're mass producing it. So of course they're not gonna make something, devote two hundred million dollars for a triple A title and then say, Hey, here's you you fifty thousand people better buy this. In fact you better buy it twice because if you don't we're not gonna make our fucking money back. <laughs> or or the expectation to sell uh, consoles, which is what Valve did with the Valve Index, right? Like we're gonna make a new fucking half life game to sell this. Right. You know, if they were really ballsy, what they would have done is said, it only works on the Valve Index. Now, that would have yeah. been a real ballsy move. Whoa. Ah, oh, man. I wonder what the, the spike in sales was that been. Because, like, a lot of people were hyped for Half-Life Alex. I still really want to play it. Uh, I've been on the fence of, of pull, you know, deciding what VR I want to jump into. Um, now, possibly with this new studio setup, I could maybe get something that isn't the, the Oculus uh, or not. Um, What's what's the what's the standalone one I was thinking of? The Whatever goal? one that's called. No, no, the 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 better one than that. The whatever it's called, I forget what it's called. It's off, oh quest, the quest. Quest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was considering that forever. Um, I want to jump into VR, man. I want to, but what's the incentive? Where's the incentive? For, for right now, it's Half Life, Alex, and Beat Saber. It's like <laughs> yeah, that's about <laughs> it. I have a pretty cool Tetris game as well. But I mean, you know, played that for about an hour. So hey, uh, I think my combined time in VR has got to be around 45, 50 hours tops. And considering I've probably spent $800 on VR shit, it's it's not making us money, <laughs> not <Right>. at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could always run through Re- you know Resident Evil Seven in VR again. I can't. Moby, it's only for PlayStation. Oh, shit. Yes, I've said that before. It's like you said every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, rub so that salt in that fucking wound again and again and again. <laughs> well, there's always half, or there's always uh, Resident Evil 8, you know, where Chris apparently turns evil. So that'd be fun to see in VR. Yeah, I'm stoked to play I'd that. I'd play that in VR. Yeah, me too. So what is Nintendo doing now? Nothing? Uh well they're they're working with all the old school developers like Namco, Sega, they're all their little buddies that kind of all think the same way and so they've almost become second party developers with Nintendo. Right. So they're all hanging out on their farm with the animals during COVID. 
well, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog is an animal, so yeah, okay. they would be hanging out. Sa- yeah, yeah. Pac-Man, not sure what species he is, but uh, he's there he's, too. He's definitely a fucking animal. Party animal. <laughs> party, party animal. Um, yeah, I think you see it purposefully in Nintendo and how that they, you know, they don't all release close to the same time anymore. Like, Nintendo's not planning to release the Switch, I think, for a few more years, by which time, you know, Xbox Series X and PS5 will be entering maturity. So it's like that's completely desynced. Right. But I mean, like you said, Leland, Nintendo has to maintain a competitive advantage somehow. It still has to get people's money, and they do that through innovation. And so I think, like, I think the worst thing Nintendo could do is just go back to a normal system, like make a GameCube style console thing again um, that really doesn't have much innovation other than the fact that it's a console. Um, yeah, I think that would be the worst thing they can do. They just got to figure out weird stuff, things like they've been doing. I mean, the least weird system they, I think they made was probably the Wii U since GameCube and look at how that did. Yeah. But I mean, like we've spoken before of how the Wii U laid the, the groundwork for the switch though. It did. Yeah, for it's sure. It's still an important console in that company's history, regardless of how well it performed. Right. So Will they have to go through that again, though, to get to their next Switch, which I've heard is going to be called the Nintendo Swatch. So what comes after, what comes between the Switch and the Swatch? Like, is there going to be something that shits the bed like the Wii? The, the swoosh. swoosh. Yeah, jo- the swoosh joint, is going to be Joint terrible. venture with Nike. <laughs> joint joint venture with Nike. Lots of sports games on that one. <laughs> like, I mean, is that is that almost an inevitability for their company to have to go through? Because... Doing all of these kind of, you know, in left field ideas and innovations, that's where you get the most flops. Or I I should say that's where it's most easy easy to flop, right? Like it's easy to hit on something that you think is really cool in concept, but then try to implement and it doesn't quite get fleshed out like you thought it was going to. And if that's all they have, then they fall flat again. Um, Now, obviously... Uh, a console akin to the Wii U isn't enough to bankrupt Nintendo. Like, they got enough going for them. But can they develop something like, you say, maybe GameCube-ish, coinciding with some of of the innovations? I mean, is that necessary? Is that something they need to possibly diversify to to keep up? But we say, then, what are they keeping up to and to whom are they keeping up with, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Marty said it right that they're basically fighting against themselves. I mean, they've got a lot of money off Switch. Uh, Switch is admittedly quite innovative. And so if they drop the ball, they're just going to drop their own market share. Because, I mean, you've got a bunch of gamers that probably wouldn't really want to switch normally like you probably get some a lot of gamers that buy one or both xboxes and playstation they're just happy because that's the kind of games they like to play like they don't want to they you know don't want to sit and fly to your sister's island and have a tea party in animal crossing like i do you know surprisingly that's not everybody's thing well uh, you know i like what you say about they just hurt their own their own market share because in in a console war like say the for instance, the 360 versus the PS3. Look at all the Red Ring of Death shit that Microsoft went through with the 360. And despite all of that, they triumphed in that generation. 
But all that needed to happen for, for Microsoft to come out on top was for Sony to shit the bed. Because when you're only competing against yourself, there's nobody there to potentially fuck up and you get an easy win. Because I really think, as much as I really like the 360, and obviously that was, that generation was uh, like the heyday of my console gaming. That's where I gamed the most by far on that console specifically. All that, because yeah, all that needed to happen was for the PS3 to underperform, for Microsoft to just be able to be a decent console, right? And, and you know, finally get their shit working. But Sony just didn't have it with the PS3. You know, with the Xbox 360, it came out a year earlier as well, hmm. if I recall. That, was that the result of all the, the Red Rings? All these older, potentially rushed consoles into the market? I mean, was that the... Could very well be, because they had a... That was just a nightmare for the first couple of years. It really was, yeah. And it wasn't as simple as fixing it as it was with the PlayStation 2. With PS2, you know, you could take that thing apart like it was a circuit board, just like a little soul, you know, circuit board project yeah. in an you know, electronics class or something. But uh, yeah. it started getting a little more complicated with the 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, you wrap it up in towels and put it in the freezer. Because and... <laughs> uh, what was it? Like, the, the heating paste was would melt or something. Or, you know, when right. it was applied, yeah. it would... It wouldn't be solid by the time it got the console got moved, so it would drain and liquid down the the board outside of the realm of where it needs to. Just ridiculous. Just yeah. ridiculous. Oh, it was crazy. Um, yeah. I remember uh, like when mine started wearing down, the um, disc tray wouldn't open anymore, so I'd have to smack it, and then the disc tray would pop out. <laughs> so you know, I gave it the old Fonzie A and gave it a good <laughs> smack. It worked. <laughs> Oh man, that's so good funny. life lesson to learn. If it doesn't work, just smack it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, like Microsoft is such an afterthought and has been for a while. Like I did. I mean, if we weren't talking about this right now, I wouldn't be paying attention to this, you know, console war. Yeah, you'd just be like, "Where's God of War going?" Okay. Yeah. Here, exactly. It's, go- it's going to Nintendo. I love Nintendo. Oh boy, nobody loves <laughs> Nintendo more than me. Well, I mean, you have it a bit with PC now with uh, Steam and Epic Game Store, right? Like, for the longest time, Steam was just the monopoly. And now it's like you almost have this uh, Microsoft-esque company coming in and buying uh, exclusive rights for six months in all these games. And, you know, it it is a piss-off sometimes because as a mostly, uh, you know, PC player now, I'll go to, I'll see a release date, go to Steam and be like, where the fuck is this game? And realize, oh yeah, it's on Epic Game Store. But it's also probably twenty dollars cheaper on Epic Game Store, or it might even be fucking free. They released a a brand like a full full on uh, like well, I forget like a total total warrior total oh War, yeah like yeah. Troy or whatever for free. Yep, it's crazy. I I mean I've never spent a single dime on Epic's Game Store, and I never will. But I have nearly. I mean, half a dozen at least free games yeah, I've wow. gotten from them. It's ridiculous. Just tune in every week or every two weeks or whatever it is. There's a free game. I mean, yeah. why why not get it? I'll add it to the library. I'm not installing it, but it's in my library. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I it's got ridiculous. Uh, Civilization for free. Yeah. Um, wow. Alan Alan Wake they had on one one week. Oh, that's that. awesome. I think the only thing I bought there was the Civ expansions, and. Um, and then I think I I also bought uh, 
um, control as well. And that was okay. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got, yeah, I got Civ 6. I got like Torchlight 2, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 was one of the latest ones I picked up. Uh, a handful of others that, I mean, I, I don't even really know what they are, but I just look at them and like, I, uh, you know, look at the trailer. Oh, this looks interesting. It's free. I'll add it to my Epic Games library. Yeah, why not? Now, whether or not whether or not that's going to be there, I mean, would they like remove these free games after a certain amount of time? Do you think? Like, no, I think it's yours forever. It's 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 treated like a purchase. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's bonkers. I don't know how they're making money. China. <laughs> China. China. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, maybe. Hey, maybe you guys are talking about the next evolution of this thing is not even just console wars or but now the client wars you know for for stream steam and in uh, epic yeah we'll see we'll see yeah it'll be interesting to see where these go where this goes um you know playstation 5 didn't exactly have the smoothest pre-order pre-orders seem to get less and less smooth as the population of the world yeah. grows yeah i'm curious to see how it'll go too with um these pre-orders and such because back in the day you would just line up for pre-orders and like get them opening day i remember doing it for the uh not for the switch but um because i ended up getting i ended up getting switch when it first came out but i bought it from someone who had bought two and uh he didn't mark it up like too bad so um Mm. but with uh the wii i stood in line for the fucking wii in the like pissing rain and got got it had to stand in line for the pre-order Right. And then also stand in line to get it. Yeah, yeah, like midnight midnight release or whatever, that kind of shit. Like I think it was like one of those like eight AM on a Wednesdays kind of deal. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I remember playing Twilight Princess for twenty four hours straight after I got it. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching you play uh I think you actually brought it to Leland's and set it up if I might be correct, and I remember watching you play. I even remember it was the uh like the lava temple, the second temple in that game. And I was like, wow, he's swinging something and a sword is swinging. This is this is end of games. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. That first like uh, feeling of doing that. Yeah. Now it's like just total shit. (laughs) Well, I liked it better. I liked it better than the actual real one to one sword that uh, Skyward Sword had resulted. I felt it was too hard to use more shovelware shovelware <laughs> legend of zelda shovelware <laughs> <laughs> pretty much well i mean that's all i got on the topic guys so if you have anything else you want to talk about or else yeah i mean for me it's just the exclusives man and um there's nothing there's nothing out right away that makes me like you know all hot and bothered where i have to get it right away uh, the spider-man um Miles like Morales. expansion, Miles Morales. Like, I mean, it's not a full-on, you know, forty-hour like game. Hour game. Yeah. yeah, but still, I'm sure it'll be great, and I and I'll definitely play it when I uh, get the PlayStation Five. Yeah, but it's also going to be available on PS4. Oh, yeah, that's recent, I think. Okay, well, so then... you'll be able to get like a, you know, I guess it would be obviously a downgraded version, and you'll be able to play it on the PS4. Okay, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's so confusing i i, I assume cyberpunk is going to keep me busy until april so i'll just just assume that and not buy anything else and we'll just go with that 
Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, I don't, I'm torn on whether or not I want to pick that up right away, too. I don't know. I don't really have the time for the investment. It'll consume me, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah, neither do I, but hey, I find time to ruin my life, you know? It's always <sighs> okay. there, man. Are you <laughs> working, always out, come back are to you your working out five days a week right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, then maybe you don't have time. I'm in this this really uh, cool uh, group goal thing. Uh, we're all really killing it. Yeah, where oh, you yeah. Uh, where you stopped and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, life gets in the way, man. There's so much shit going on. This was such a clusterfuck to arrange this recording. It really was. Why did it get canceled again? There was you got a free dinner at work. That was last week's reason. That was last week's reason. What was the oh, reason before? Oh, I was just I was just not in the mindset for it. So much fucking family shit going on. It's just ugh, hate it. Oh man. Well, this was good though. Glad we reached you from the depths of hell. That's nice. You know, it's nice to actually see some uh, smiling faces. But you know, I'm looking forward to going back to where we don't have to wear masks and we can just uh, you know <laughs> rub up against each other and spit in each other's mouths. It's just you know <laughs> the way I like it. I think that's everybody's personal hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> well it's as far as i know based off the heat and fires hell is california so have have a safe trip back <laughs> <laughs> at least we're in the same time zone <laughs> i've actually been in disneyland the whole time <laughs> or, or is it disney world i don't know Whichever. so it was you who changed splash mountain oh i'm gonna kill you <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw a crucifix at you ghost is it splooge mountain now yeah we changed it to splooge <laughs> uh, okay well let's do end of show stuff our website ttpopcast.com uh, where you can find our show notes and written material and all of the links to our socials and our patreon where ttpopcast on facebook ttpopcast on instagram i'm leland underscore steel on twitter and that's who i've been you're not gonna let me get my plugs in <laughs> What? Oh, oh, my plugs! You have me on your fucking show, and I can't plug my like. What do you want to plug? Stuff? What do? You, what on earth would you want to plug? I'm gonna be performing at Satan's Butthole Cabaret. It's coming up <laughs> November third. Uh, I'll be there for November third, fourth, and fifth at seven p.m. Tickets are free, but you have to sign your soul away. But you know, it, it's gonna be a great night of comedy and uh, me talking video games. So if you want to come out and support your local artists, do that. That does sound like hell. So. Great. <laughs> alright well I have been Moby and I'm Marty Ghost Marty are you are you sending me back to hell this time or we, we are just... I'm just gonna I'm gonna go I'm you know I always say take care listener thanks listener bye bye Shall we banish him? What do we do to banish him? I didn't read this far into the seance book. Uh, okay, I know how to banish him back. Uh, Marty, I found a copy of the unreleased Persona 6 in hell. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> a fiery pit opens up beneath Martin and swallows him. Marty. Bye, Marty. Bye, Marty. Take care, Marty.
<laughs> bye. <Bye-bye. laughs>